0: Perception, perception is reality, reality, perception is reality, reality, some talk shows think all of their opinions are right, this one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen.
1: Is this guy for real?
0: Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This is Perception Is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey.
2: Hello, folks, and welcome to another amazingly fantabulous episode of the most miraculous podcast, Perception Is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. That's correct. I am your ever-right, ever-magnificent leader through this thing called reality. Welcome, folks, to episode eighty-eight zero On the hosting sites listed as 080, this is going to be an interesting episode. We're going to veer away a little bit from the political, not too far away from the political, but we're going to veer just a little bit away and we're going to have an intimate conversation with a guest here in just a few moments that's going to be joining us by phone. And this guest is someone who has been active politically, locally, in East Central Indiana, And his family has been active locally. His wife is a most recent former elected official. And we're going to be talking with him about his time in local government. Along with talking about some pretty personal topics. Depression, anxiety, uh, a fall from grace if you will. And more importantly, getting help, seeking out professionals, not being afraid to talk with friends, family, and doctors, and more importantly than the fall from grace, the absolute amazing rise from rock bottom to a wonderful place in life where he could never have dreamed he would be. And so, just in a few moments, folks, we're going to be talking with my special guest, Philip Peck and Paul, and we'll get into all of that momentarily. But for those of you just joining this podcast in the last few episodes, welcome. For those of you that have been in here for A while or since the beginning. Thank you. And I want to encourage you all to continue to share these episodes, the direct links, as well as the podcast platform as a whole, the regular rigmarole with all of that. We can be found on all major podcast hosting sites, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, yada, yada, yada. As well as we can be found on social media at facebook.com forward slash bilbrey 318 That's B I L B R E Y 318. You can contact and be a part of the show by calling or texting 765 546 9796 or by emailing me at khbilbrey at gmail.com. And if you want to be on the show, be a guest on the show, if you want to tell me I'm right, tell me I'm wrong, talk about politics, talk about life, please, please reach out and get a hold of me. Um, So I wanted to talk with Phil, and this podcast has been in the works for several months now. We started talking... Back last August about this. And I want to I tell you all, this is going to be a very intimate discussion. It's going to be a look at some very unpleasant topics. And we're going to be talking about uh, mental health. We're going to be talking about depression. But it's important to talk about that for a couple of reasons. One, to take the stigma away from it. Listen... Everybody gets sad, everybody gets depressed, everybody feels anxious, everybody gets a little blue. Some people are able to rebound from it and there's no issue. Some people need a little bit of help, and whether that's spiritual help or help from friends and family, or if it's help from from doctors and hospitals and medication. And there is not a problem with any of that, and we need to... Take the stigma away from that. Of course, I am not a doctor. I only played one on TV and stayed in a Holiday Inn Express last night, both for good measure. But I'm not trying to diagnose Phil. I'm not trying to diagnose any of you. I'm not trying to say, yes, this is the proper protocol. I'm simply trying to have a conversation with someone that I've become friendly with. We've become friends and that I have seen where this person has been based off of the other information that we all have, whether it be fact or gossip or rumor. As we know, when dealing with political situations, a lot of times perception is reality. Whether it really is or not is another thing. But a lot of times what people buy into and what they believe is, in fact, what people think, whether it's true or not. And that sucks. So we're going to be talking with Phil, trying to set the record straight and being open and honest. And if any of you out there are in need of help, if any of you out there have issues, you feel like you just can't cope. You don't have a handle on it. Uh, Reach out and call a friend, a family member. If you would rather talk to a stranger, you can call me. If it's a serious issue, I recommend you calling the suicide hotline at 800-273-8255. And again, that number is 800-273-8255. Five five so we're gonna take a really quick break and on the other side of this break we're gonna come back with Phil Peck and Paul and have a serious discussion and an intimate discussion on his life, depression, local politics, and more importantly how it does and it will get better. You're listening to this 80th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. We'll be right back.
0: Hey, I'm Haley Kyoko, and I know what it's like to struggle with mental health issues. If you have a friend that's going through a tough time, now is the perfect moment to reach out. Learn how to start the conversation at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. Now we go on the record with a one-on-one interview designed to engage, entertain, or enrage you. Perception is reality. On the record.
2: Alright, welcome back to this 80th episode of Perception Is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbury. It's good to be with you. Thank you for giving me and my next guest a little bit of your time. This is a very important conversation. And this is probably going to go a little longer than the normal 50 minutes. But we won't try to keep you here too long. This is very important information. So, joining us via the phone is a new friend of mine, Phil Paul. Phil, it's good to be with you.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much.
2: Yeah, no problem. We've been talking for a good little period about having you come on the show and, uh, you know, just, I I don't know, have a discussion, kind of uh, talk about some things, maybe clear up uh, some issues uh, over the last couple years and uh, do a little bit of uh, just honest discussion and setting the record straight, I think.
1: Sure, sure. I've definitely been a um, lightning rod in Muncie politics and the Muncie uh, community here for the past, uh, you know, six to seven years and be happy to come on the show and discuss uh, anything that you want to discuss.
0: Great.
2: Well, thank you. Well, So why don't we start where it all began? Why don't you tell us how you got involved and interested in politics and how you came to be involved with the local Muncie
1: government. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I kind of grew up um, with a super appreciation for public service. Um, I'm I'm very lucky to have um, a grandfather and um, two great uncles that were heavily involved in Henry County, public service and various capacities, school board, county commissioner, county council um, and trustee. I mean, very, you know, very diverse. Um, and then my father carried that on um, in Henry County. And it was, it, you know, it's very much different um, being brought up that way than what I came to realize it to be in Delaware County. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, my three uncle or my, my grandfather and my two uncles were some of the greatest men, um, uh, I've ever met my met or had the privilege of knowing him in, in my life. Um, all three World War II vets, uh, um, wow. came back, um, you know, one of my uncles, uh, was in the Battle of the Bulge and then also, um, stormed the beach of Normandy, um, and came back and. You know worked uh worked for chrysler and uh then served his community as county commissioner school board county council uh my grandfather followed in those exact same footsteps uh, as well as my uncle um but all, all three served and they did it very um selflessly uh, you know they had learned from their their father who was also a county commissioner um to give back and um that was the same that my father had passed down to me. That it, it wasn't a it wasn't a party thing. Uh, we, were, we were always Democrats, and we were always big union people and big uh, social justice, and you know we 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 believed in things like that. But it wasn't a Democrat or Republican thing. It was a it was a helping the community and um, providing your skill set to the community when when others weren't. And so, you know, politics was always an interest to me from those, you know, four men, my father and my grandfather and my two uncles. But um, so that, that was something that was always of great interest to me. Um, after college, uh, I went to Indiana State, Ball State, both. And uh, after college, I uh, came back to Muncie. I had worked in D.C. for a little bit and uh, worked for a nonprofit there. and It was kind of politically... Connected a little bit, uh, but you know, I, I maintain that interest, and I work for a small nonprofit here, animal rescue. And uh, about this time, Sharon McShirley was the mayor, and uh, you know, I think that there are pros and cons to that administration. Certainly, um, also <laughs> a, a lightning rod. Well, you know, I'm serious. I, mean, yeah. I I think she did. You know, I think she did some things very well. I think she took. Uh, I think that her biggest downfall. You know, honestly. You know, was being a woman. Um, I think that um, you know, if I told you, I'd be completely honest in this in this conversation. And I think that uh, had she been a man, uh, making some of the decisions that she made, which were touch, tough decisions, I don't know that she would have had. Um, The criticism that she received.
2: And that is commentary more on the citizens and how they view, receive, or perceive her decisions as a woman rather than how they would have viewed, perceived, or received her decisions had she been a man. And one of those actions or decisions that Mayor Sharon McShirley took was to close down the animal shelter. And you were not happy with that.
1: I was very critical of, of the handling of that. Um, at the time, I was running a small nonprofit here in Muncie uh, that worked with Animal Rescue, and I, I was very critical. Um, and, and at that time, our state rep uh, was Dennis Tyler, and he decided to run for mayor. And I had no you know political experience here in Delaware County. I really had no interest in, in uh, Delaware County politics. My true interest was uh, the plight if you will, of the animal population here in Delaware County and uh, offered my assistance. I, I, well, I sat down with him first and had a discussion about what I thought the issues were and how we could correct that um, in regards, strictly in regards to animal uh, services and animal control. And, um, you know, at, at no time was I offered a position at no time, you know, was that, um, you know even 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 talked about um but i but after you know a, having a very long you know hours long discussion with him about what i thought the issues were and how we could correct that i decided that i would help on his campaign um and then in november of that year uh he ended up winning that election 2011 and um December, I received a, a text message from him. It wasn't a phone call, it was a text message. And it, was, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a complete sentence. It was, uh, Have any ideas who uh, could run the animal shelter? And I responded, I would be interested in running the animal shelter. And he said, How soon can you talk? <laughs> and I said, I can meet you in 15 minutes. And uh, we met. And, uh, you know, then I. Uh, He offered me the position, and I resigned uh, the position I was holding and uh, became the director of the animal shelter.
2: And so that would have been starting in 2011 or starting in 2012?
1: Well, I started January 1st of 2012 was when I took over um, the helm.
2: Okay, and so without getting too far into the weeds on the good and the bad of the Tyler administration or the FBI investigation and what went right or what went wrong, One thing can be said that during that time, you did a lot right at the animal shelter. I mean, you had some really amazing years. After the January 12 appointment to the animal shelter, you were, in 2013, the Chamber of Commerce Person of the Year. In 2014, you were listed in the Star Press 20 Under 40. Uh, in 2017, you the shelter received the No Kill Award,
1: Henry Burger Award.
2: Okay, yep. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you guys really, you and your team there, and and the city, did some amazing things with the animal shelter there. Have you always had a love yeah, for animals?
1: I have. It's something that I've wanted to do for a long time, and it was a dream job of mine uh, running an animal shelter since I was a, a you know a child. Um, I grew up in a really rural part of Henry County. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends. Um, it was kind of, you know, a pure kid, I, I suppose. Um, and you know, my, my dogs and my cats, um, uh, they were my friends. And, uh, you know, I, I remember, you know, my seventh birthday, I was allowed to, uh, get a dog. I mean, that was my big, that was the big gift. And, you know, I made the decision at that time that I was going to adopt a dog and, you know, right, right now it's super popular, but when I was seven, you right. know, 1992 or whatever, um, that I mean, wasn't that popular of a, of, of a choice. And, right. you know, I adopted a dog and, it was, and honestly, the God it was, it was a dream of mine, um, to run an animal shelter. I, I just, I have always, you know, um, had, had a magnetism, I guess, towards, um, you know, stray animals and stray people, and and, sure. uh, and uh, you know, I, I, it, it uh, you know, I, I just I knew I could help help that population, and um, I thought I could be successful in that. So, um, yeah, it, it was it, it was nothing nothing new, nothing that just came. You know, it wasn't like something that fell in my lap. Um, you know, I have three dogs and. I say two and a half cats right now. Cause <laughs> we're fostering a cat, so uh I have I own one cat, you know, I'm fostering another. Um I've always had at least, you know, at least 3 or 4 pets and and probably will until the day I die They sure. drive me nuts. And, but, you know, I love them and um, they're all rescues and um you know, they all have their own little little backstory, a little history, but uh yeah, I mean, I, I, I relate to that. I mean, I was always kind of the dog kid out growing up. And, um, you know, like I said, I grew up in really rural Henry County. And, you know, my, my brothers and my sister were my best friends. I didn't have a whole lot of friends. and uh, My dogs and my cats were my friends. And, you know, I just, you know, grew some type of relationship with them. And um, it carried over into my professional career and it became my passion.
2: That's great. But... Doing as well as you guys did at the animal shelter during this period is really an amazing feat because, let's face it, the animal shelter has been a department of city government that really has not received a whole lot of love from the city council as far as their annual budget for a very long time. And it's been one of those things that it hasn't made a difference who's been in the mayor's office, what party, Republican or Democrat. The fact that the city council is the fiscal body and in control of the budget, and the city council has had to make tough decisions, I completely understand, but just facing the facts as being what they are, the animal shelter, for a very long time, has received very, very low funding, and like you said, during McShirley's time, they made the decision to shut it down, so what you've done during your time at the helm of the animal shelter is really impressive given the fact that you just didn't have a lot to work with.
1: Yeah. You know, Chris, I get hung up on that because, um, you know, so I left in 2018. I left in November of 2018 and, um, I started in January of 2012 and, um, the shelter had, had was a laughingstock. Uh, I mean, of of, uh, of the state of Indiana, of the Midwest. I mean, it, it just you know, I was in the sheltering community before, and it was it was a joke. I mean, it, it had never been it had never been good. And there was you know high kill rates, uh, you know, mismanagement on multiple levels, and um, you know, I came in with a vision and. You know, I wanted to realize that vision, and, and with a lot of help from uh, the Animal Care Services Committee, which uh, you know, through the majority of my time, Sarah Beach, who um, was a mutual friend of both of ours, um, was leading, and um, through just, you know, just support of Mayor Tyler, and you know, he wasn't hands-on, and so I don't want, I don't want this to make make it sound like I'm kissing his ass. I mean, he <laughs> wasn't, he wasn't there. I mean, he trusted me to, to get it done. Right. Um, but that was enough and I had a really good staff and, uh, they followed my vision. I mean, I took, you know, some, I had to cycle through some people and, you know, I had to convince some people to get on board the bus of where I wanted to take it. Um, but, I got there, but you know, like today, you know, like I see, you know, there are definitely some people that are uh, critics of uh, my term uh, as director, and you know, it's 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 you second guess, you know, like, well, well, was I was I okay? Like, was I that good, or you know, was I was I lucky? Well, well, and then you know, logic would tell you that. You know, you had the same shelter director from 1962 to
0: 1998.
1: Wow. There was a, the same, same guy. Okay. And a great guy. Um, but, but it was the same guy. And then, then you had one, two, three, four after that. So from 1962 to when I took over in 2012, you had five people in between us. Wow. That was it. I mean that that's that. So, so 1962 to 2012, you have you have five people to run this shelter. Why, why 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 couldn't any of those things happen under those other sure. four people? Right. And so, so so logic would tell you that you know that that my leadership had something to do with that. Um, and and so I, I hung up on that a little bit. I mean, it's hurtful uh, to hear you know. Uh, you know, some of, the, some of the haters that are out there, but uh, you've got your share as well. Oh, yeah. No one's trying to fight me in phoenix. Uh, so, <laughs> no. yeah.
0: Well, that, that's good. I yeah, dare huh? them.
1: There's always tomorrow. I would, I would dare them, but uh, <laughs> I would not handle that nearly as classly as you did, but... Uh, <laughs>
2: Kudos uh, well, to you, my friend. I, well, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> yes. um, there so, would have been a full-on brawl. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, you, you got to do what you got to <laughs> well, do. You were much more classy. Than, again,
1: <laughs> rural Henry County guy.
2: You
1: know, <laughs> yes, take none, give none. Right, I, the, I completely
2: understand that. Yeah. I I completely yeah. get it. I I was looking at the situation and thought it might be better to uh, live to fight you know, another you day. You handled
1: it. You handled it the way you should have handled it.
2: Well I I appreciate you saying that. Um yes. so you you know you you mentioned uh a minute ago that you um left the shelter in 2018 but before leaving the shelter and kind of kind of cycling into the main point of what the discussion here is today before you left in 2018 the decision had been made that you would be running for county commissioner. Let's talk about that for a little bit.
1: I was asked to run, okay, um, for, for county commissioner. You know, I I received a phone call um, from Phil Nichols um, to meet him at uh, Democrat headquarters, and this was during a very tumultuous time in my life, uh, personally. Um. And uh, he asked me to come to headquarters, and I remember saying to my assistant director um, at that time, like, "Hey, they're they're calling me down to headquarters. Like, they're either going to fire me or they're going to ask me to run for coroner." Because at that time, I no one was running for coroner um, on the Democrat ticket. I thought, well, there's no way in hell they'd want me to run for anything more than that. Right. You know, they're just wanting they're they just want to fill a spot. You know, I'm an, at that time, you know, I was a decent, you know. Okay, name I thought, and um, so I arrive at headquarters, and it's it's uh, it's Phil, who you know I had had a really good relationship with, and uh, he said, uh, you know, we'd, we'd like you to run for commissioner and uh, against Shannon Henry, and um, you know we we know that uh, you and Melissa are going through a divorce, and we just, you know uh, we want to, Know how that's going to play out, and you know, at the time Melissa and I were getting along really well, and I said, you know, I think she would be, you know, supportive yeah. of that. I, I you know, I, 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 do. I think she'd be very supportive of me running. Um, I said, you know, obviously you, you know, we're going through, um, you know, um, some really personal stuff in our in our lives, and they said, yeah, that's fine. You know, we we've made it through worse, and, uh, but we think you can win. And so, um, I said, well, let me talk, let me go home and talk to my, you know, my family about this. So I go and talk to my dad because, you know, my dad is, you know, my guy. I mean, that's who I go to talk to about everything. Sure. He said, and he says, I think they're setting you up. He said, you're going through this divorce. Uh, you know, you're, you're with someone else. Uh, you know, they're setting you up. Don't do it. But in my mind, you know, my grandfather was the commissioner of Henry County, and, uh, you you know, I I wanted to live out, like, I was running for the wrong reason. In my Mm -hmm. mind, I was running to fulfill a legacy, which doesn't exist. In reality, it doesn't exist. No one knows who my grandfather is. No one remembers that he was the commissioner of Delaware County, and no one cares. Do I have great ideas for Delaware County? Yeah, I think so. Do I think they're not utilizing... What, you know, the cards they have to play, 100%. You know, yeah, do I think I could do a better job than all three of the commissioners that are sitting there? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But, but, uh, but was that a good time in my life to run? No. I mean, absolutely not. So my dad might have been right. Sure. Um, but anyway, I go on and I, I, you know, I I don't listen to his advice because at my time in my life, I wasn't only. I wasn't really listening to too many people, and uh, I filed a run.
2: And that would have been in February of 2018, correct? Yes. Okay. And so then, um, then. Then things- Shannon
1: probably would have beat me. Sure. Shannon probably would have beat me. I okay. And I mean, Shannon's a good guy. Right. Know, do I think? You know, I have my own opinion. I mean, I, I, I have those opinions about a lot of Democrats as well. Sure. They're not not qualified to serve, but you right. know.
2: Well and then so that's where things kind of really start to take a little bit of a nosedive.
1: Um Well, I mean I think things things had taken a nosedive far far before that. Um so I had I had uh uh Melissa and I had, had uh separated in September of um twenty eighteen and I, I had started a relationship um with another woman in um October of twenty eighteen. And uh, Melissa moved out. Uh, this woman and I uh, ended up uh, moving in together. Um, and I think that that's something that that's, that people don't understand. Um, we had separated, and um, sure, you know, your your wife I Melissa, was, right? And um, I was living with this woman. I mean, she was living in my and you know the house that I live in right that I'm in right now. Um, you know, um, and and you know the. Personal relationship between me and Melissa is no one's business. The personal relationship between me and this this other woman, who is a fine woman, um, is no one's business. Right. Um, but uh, but I think it needs to be made clear that we were living together. It's not like I think that people uh, a misconception due to you know, and we'll get to, to that down the road. I'm sure of the charge of me breaking a protective order was me. You know, like peering through through, through this woman's <laughs> right. window, or you, something. you were I mean, being, yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, like, I—it's just such a creepy charge. I mean, right. Like it, that's not—that's not how it played out. This was—I, it was very—it was a—it was a very real relationship. I mean, it was, uh, you know, and, and but uh, so so things had already started to, and, you know, I had. Uh, you know, we can say, you know, how great I was at the shelter and, and how great the employees were, but really the past year from, you know, the beginning of 20, I, I, I had started to take a, a mental dive. Right. Um, so that past year, the, the last years at the shelter, you know, I probably should have resigned at the end of twenty eight twenty seventeen. looking back, um, you know, politics takes a toll on you and, um, you know, compassion fatigue and sheltering is a real thing. And um, you know, it had taken a stole. And well, uh, sure you know, factor factor all the personal stuff in my life, um, which we don't need to get into, um factor all of that in. It was just you know, it was just a perfect storm of 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 shit yeah. that, that just hit all at once. And uh you know, I wasn't making the best decisions, but in my mind, they seemed like great decisions. Sure. And, um, you know, I was struggling a little bit with alcohol at that time. Right. Um, um, so, I mean, things things were, weren't looking great at that time. However, I was trying to maintain this public persona um, that things were great and that I was fine. And, you know, it, it, it's politics does a weird thing to you.
2: Absolutely, but to top that all off, not only were you dealing with personal issues, you were going through a divorce, you were dealing with a new relationship, you were kicking around the idea of running for commissioner. On top of that, at this point in time, you are the director for the animal shelter for the city of Muncie, which made you a department head under Mayor Dennis Tyler, so you're part of his administration. And let's face it, Depending on what your political preference is, Republican or Democrat, during the first term, the first four years, 2012 through 2015, you guys had a good run, you know, Republicans are going to disagree with that, and I completely understand that. But you guys felt good, and when it came time for the municipal elections, and Tyler was running for re-election, and all of the city officials were running for re-election that were Democrat, basically, there were no Republican opponents, and you guys ran unchallenged, and everybody said, okay, you know, the status quo is currently good. So things were going well for you in that aspect. However, around this time, the wheels start to kind of come off the cart, even professionally, because of what we now know was the start of the FBI investigation into Mayor Tyler's administration, the Democrat Central Committee, and various others connected to city government. And so the plane is kind of starting to crash into the mountain here as far as the city government's concerned. You have this federal investigation looming Sir, over the my administration. My friends
1: were all involved in that. Yeah, yeah and right. My friends were all involved in that. I mean, I, I wasn't... And... You know, sure. I've seen recently where people are trying to question my change orders and stuff from right. <laughs> from from the shelter. And please question them all you want, but um, and question Allen all you want, but you know I wasn't involved in any of that. But um,
0: well, and I, I think know, my friends
1: were and very close friends. I mean, um, at the time, Aaron Kidder and uh, the controller at the time and Sarah Beach. Um, were some of my very very greatest friends and, and uh some of them still are sure um so that's that's that 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 level of stress uh, I mean, you know even mayor tyler i mean we were never um getting lunch together or um, you know i don't i was never one of his favorites um but i mean there was definitely mutual respect uh, right. in my mind at least um so i mean you know, I I never wanted anything bad to happen to him. Do do I believe you know the charges? Not really, um, neither here nor there. But uh, um, yeah, that that's stressful. I mean, that's incredibly stressful.
2: Well, and I I do think it's probably fair from my point of view. I'd like to note that um, it, we've been talking about your. Well, we've been talking about your wife, who who you're still you you guys have worked out. We can kind of talk about that here in a minute, but your yeah. your wife Melissa is, of course, Melissa Peckinpal, the former she city. Si- <laughs> that's former. just that's still her. Whoa, no, for, no, she's still still Melissa Peckinpal, has <laughs> been and will be. But the former city clerk of Muncie, who just left in uh, December thirty uh, first of twenty nineteen, but yes. throughout the entire FBI investigation. The animal shelter was never uh, under investigation. The city clerk's office was never under investigation. Uh, matter of fact, the uh, the State Board of Accounts has uh, always given your animal shelter a, a good report, and the uh-huh. city clerk's office was always... Uh, glowing reports so you know hers were better than mine (laughs) well that's you know that's that's good and yeah she had some really high high marks there uh, on that and uh you know so even though you know everything was kind of crumbling down around you uh professionally maybe personally still even in your what you call, you know, your bad days or you, you say you should have resigned things. You still weren't under investigation. You're not a criminal. You, you never, you know, as far as, as far as anything like go, that goes, you know, you're, you know, above reproach as far as being part of the federal investigation.
1: You know, no, no, I was never, um, part of that investigation. Um, I did have to testify. Um, I guess I assume I can say that no one has ever told me I couldn't, um, I did have to testify about conversations that I had heard. Sure. Uh, but, uh, it was all, you know, I didn't know anything. I mean, right. Know, I was, there was, you know, uh, the construction company that did, the uh, remodel for the animal shelter had no ties. They were literally just out of the blue, um, a very well established company here in Delaware County. And they were great to work with, um, you, you know, there was definitely no tie to, uh, local Democrat or mayor Tyler. I mean, no, I mean, it was, it was completely up and up. And I,
2: and I just wanted you know. to say that to make sure that folks were yeah. aware that, you know, there was there was nothing going on. And so if there's anything out there that's, you know, that you're saying that people's coming back now and saying this or that, you know, they people say what they want to say now, but that doesn't necessarily make it true yeah.
1: correct. Yeah, people, even after listening to this, Chris, will still say Absolutely.
2: whatever. Yes.
1: That's, yeah, you know, that's fine. Yeah. That's
2: fine. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the reason for some of, you know, what you've said is, you know, your bad decisions or or not thinking, you know, you were, you know, not you said you weren't taking advice from people or or listening. You were making decisions that you probably weren't the best. What, you know, what what do you now know was causing that?
1: Yeah. So February of 2018 was a very difficult month for me. So um, the relationship that I was in um, came to an end. And um, that came to an end in a very uh, abrupt way. Um, the person that I was with, uh, which I think you have some knowledge of, um, you know, her and I did not end up meshing that well. And, uh, you know, there was there was a night that, that things uh, weren't the best. And there was a allegations thrown around that were... Um, unfounded and, uh, that, that caused me to draw withdrawal from the, uh, commissioners race. Yeah. Uh, the, the paper reported it, um, per my quote, as it was a health issue and it was a mental health issue. And, um, that happened on February 7th on February 8th. Uh, you know, I just saw no way out and, uh, you know, I saw my, my personal life crumbling, um, first and foremost, uh, my relationship with my, my child at that time, uh, my relationship with my, uh, ex-wife at that time, uh, with my family and then, you know, least was my professional life. Um, I just saw it all, all crumbling and I made a decision that, you know, probably the best thing to do for, for everyone involved was just to just 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 to stop and uh, you know I, I decided that uh i was gonna stop and uh i was just gonna take uh take my life and end it there and i took the steps to do that and um i woke up a couple hours later and uh, my mother had came and found me and um Brought me to the hospital where I was taken to uh, a hospital for people that were suffering from mental illness. And I, I stayed there for a couple of weeks. But, yeah, things got a little bit better. And, uh, you know, my medication was adjusted. You know, things things seemed to be okay. And I uh, started speaking with Melissa again. And, you know, things... Things started going well, and uh, I uh, my life seemed to be going, you know, going better at that that point.
2: Sure, and I mean, this is a really heavy conversation and a really heavy subject matter that we're talking about. You know, and I I don't want sure anybody and to ask think, away.
1: Don't don't feel uh, I'm very. I want to be as open about it as possible. Sure, because you know I'm I'm not uh, the only one that suffered from those types of thoughts and. You know, I, th- I think that uh, you know it's much more common than what people is. you know uh, try to portray it. Absolutely. And it's frustrating to me because those were very real thoughts yeah. and very real, real decisions for me. Right. And I don't want to downplay that. Uh, sure. At that time, I thought this is the best thing that can happen. Right. And I thought I was making a great choice. Right. And. Uh, who has there's the worst choice I could make
2: yes absolutely and, and I want to say here that I've known you for just short of about a year. you know I've known your wife yeah, probably since since sure. middle school Forever. long time um right. and and knew of you you know like like everybody else, you know sure. knew of you knew of the good, knew of what the paper was writing of the bad uh sure. you know, and had had um you know some preconceived ideas and and you know whatnot, but um, uh, we've we've met and I'm I'm very proud to call you a friend. I'm very very happy that Thanks. you're still here, uh, obviously. Same but things. you know Same you here. you have a beautiful wife. You've got a beautiful two kids, beautiful home, I do. and so things have obviously and I've gotten got that, better.
1: That one extra,
2: absolutely, yeah. You you know <laughs> <laughs> you yeah you you've got you've got. I one don't know extra. what to
1: call him. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. I've got At, the kid that lives here. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, you, yeah you've got two kids and, and a, a live-in that you guys have, well, you said, you know, you kind of collect uh, animals and, and people. Well, I and so, know.
1: I know. That, I know. That's the thing. It. I love him. And you guys him. have done
2: some amazing things. You're in the theater. Yeah. Your 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 kid is in the theater. You've got an amazing sure. baby. You know, it's not such a baby anymore. But you've got an he's, amazing he's family. still baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Hell, yeah. I do.
1: And I've got amazing parents, amazing siblings, absolutely, so, uh, amazing friends, and, uh,
2: so. and and that. Well, that's the reason I wanted to do this because my my uh, my uncle, uh, who uh, one of my uncles who was more like an older brother because of the age and just how frequently we were around. Uh sure. my my mother and grandmother uh I've, found got a, I've
1: got a similar situation, so I understand.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Found found him, unfortunately, hanging in a closet on June fourteenth, twenty fifteen. And uh, you know, um mm-hmm. it was something that was uh, definitely life altering for both of them uh something that was definitely life altering for for me and the rest of our family and so you know um i it's it's i definitely understand the place he was at i understand the the battles he was he was facing of course you know you never know what someone else is is going through uh internally but you know it does get better so the point behind all of this is uh, you know, it does get better, and if you need to talk, you can always call somebody. You, can, you know, you can always pick up the phone and call me. Everyone knows how to get a hold of me. Call a doctor. Call call somebody, but call somebody. I mean, you know, to give it a second and talk to someone before you do something. And I want to take just a second again to throw in the number to the suicide prevention hotline, which is eight hundred two seven three eight two five five again that is eight hundred two seven three eight two five
1: five yeah and I guess that's like that's that's you know that's something you you hear you yep. know call me call right. somebody but like at that time you're not thinking that like mm-hmm. you're not thinking like because because you're so self-absorbed right in that moment you're not thinking i'm gonna call somebody because you're thinking in your mind like this is the best thing like this is what i gotta do like this is how i'm gonna help everybody right and you know that wasn't my only you know in the past year two years that wasn't my and you and i you know are close we're friends we've we've talked about this um you know, that wasn't my only, only time that this has happened. So, you know, fast forward a little bit to, sure. uh, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, May of, uh, I think it was May, uh, of 2018. Um, I, uh, I've dog set for the same family, um, since I was, you know, a freshman in high school. Um, and, uh, that. This this family just so happens to live down the street from the person that I was um, in a relationship with. I notice uh, some police cars um, at this at the person's at the person's home um, that I had been dating. And, right um, at this time, you know, May Melissa and I are, are talking. And, um, you know, we were always talking, but you know, we we were making an attempt to work things out. Your wife and you. And, um, I go let these dogs out and, you know, I notice these police cars and, uh, I say, Hey, you know, something's going on at, the, at this person's house. And, um, you know, when I, when I go back to let the dogs out, I want you to come with me because, you know, I don't, I don't want any trouble. Right. Um, and so, uh, she does come back with me. Um, she's sitting outside the house. I get in the car. Uh, a police officer walks up to us um, and says, "What's your name?" To her, and she tells tells them her name, um, and then uh, asks what my name was. And at this time, there was there was a protective order between both me and this person.
2: Okay, and so that protective order was not just, you know, one way, her against you. There was a mutual protective order protecting her from you coming around, but there was also a protective order protecting you from her coming around. And actually, a week before this incident where you were letting the dog out, there was an incident at your home. And tell me about
0: that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, was, it wasn't much of an incident. Um, she had came to my home um wanting to reconcile um, the week before. Um you know a lot of that was personal, but um she did she was arrested.
2: When she comes to your house to try to reconcile, by by the time she's coming to try to reconcile the protective order in place, not only is the protective order in place, but your wife's back in the home and you guys are yeah. trying to fix your family at this point.
1: Yeah, and and, and actually it's <laughs> ironically, it's the day she's moving back in. Okay. Um, so we had gone, you know, down this road of reconciliation and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's honestly the day she's moving in. In fact, I had called my friend. I, I was up and I was upstairs, uh, when I hear a, a, a knock on the door and, um, I thought it was my friend, um, uh, coming to help me put a bed together,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because I stayed in the home, um, I stayed in our home, um. I also had, you know, rented a place and, um, I, uh, I thought it was my friend that was knocking on the door. And sure. Melissa, it's Melissa had answered the door and it was, uh, this person Okay. Uh, that I had, uh, had a relationship with, uh, pretty Jerry Springer. I know. Right. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, you know, everyone's got their stuff. So, oh, yeah. um, yeah, for, <laughs> for real. <laughs> and, um, so that did happen, and so um, so fast forward. I'm letting these dogs out. There's okay. there's multiple. There's, I think it's six dogs. I'm letting these. They're all little dogs. Uh, I'm letting these dogs out. You know the police are there, and uh, I said to Melissa, "When I go back, I you know the police are at this at this person's house. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Um, I want you to come with, though, no, just in case there's 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 you know a problem." And it's just her, you know, living by herself. And uh, you know, that's a common misconception. Um, it's just, just her. And um, so, you know, Melissa stays in the car. I go let the dogs out. That takes, you know, five minutes, ten minutes. You let, you let them out. Let them back in. And uh, come back out of the car. A police officer walks up and says, uh, what's your name? And Melissa says her name and, uh, and asks me my name says does this person you know down the street have a restraining order against you and I said, yes he does and i said but I'm, I'm here with these dogs out of. i've done this for you know 15 years and uh that's why i'm here you can ask the the you know the owners of the home and he said well you're you're close <laughs> i'll never forget he said you're close to violating your protective order those were his exact words you're close to and so I said, "Okay, well, we'll get out of here. You know, this is last time I have to come tonight. Still don't know what's going on."
2: And for the record, yeah. you had been there. Other, you'd been there to let the dogs out. I assume earlier that day, or maybe the day before. Yes. So this that is something you've been doing with you know, no issue, no problem.
1: Yeah, no wait for for fifteen years, Chris. I've right. been doing that. I mean, you know, this this your family. Uh, the husband travels frequently. Sure. They have a, a house out of town. Uh, this is something i had been doing for years li- Absolutely. literally years you, you know this is it's a it's a, it's, it's like godparents sure uh, it, it's it's uh a family friend i mean it's
2: but to me i think know. it's very important to note that you you weren't that was my purpose. You weren't spying on this area. girl. You you had no ulterior motive. You and you and uh, Mel no. had no ulterior motive. You had been there earlier in the day. There were the police weren't there, so nobody even knew you were there. You let the dogs out. Sure, you left. You know. Yeah. And yeah, so you 100%. were just going I mean, back yeah. to do that in the evening, like you would do, so the dogs don't have an accident because you would not
0: been yeah, there it in was, six hours. You know,
1: I don't. You know, the I. You know, it's just a little extra money for me. I mean, it's something that I've always done, and something I still do to this day. Right. Uh yeah. It's just, you know, it was, it was no big deal. I mean, there's right. something I've done. I mean, those, those dogs are, you know, like if I have second dogs, those are, those are them. I mean, yeah. it was no big deal. Sure. Anywho, um, the next day, uh, you know, I don't think much about it. You know, the guy, the guy says leave and we leave. It turns out that that person was being evicted from her home and, and, you know, we all, have struggles, and you know I don't I don't fault that person for that, nor or judge that person for that. And I'm, in. but um, the next day I'm in a nine one one board meeting, and uh, you know I'll, I'll never forget it. Uh, I'm sitting between the chief of police and the and the sheriff, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I keep getting a call from a police officer. Um, that I have worked with before professionally. And that's the only reason I have this police officer's number is because I've worked with them, you know, multiple times, you know, professionally. Yeah. And, um, I text that police officer and I say, you know, I, I'm in a meeting. Uh, what can I help you with? And she says, uh, you know, this has to do with your protective order. And I said, you know, you don't want to tired of being with this. Um, uh, you know, if this has to do with that, you know, please contact my attorney. Like, right. Like, you know, I, I, I'm done. Like, I, I'm I'm done So with this. Yeah. And uh, she said, well, actually, you need to call me when you leave your meeting. And so I called. And she said, well, you know, we are, uh, you're being arrested today uh, for violating a protective order. And I said, for, for what? She said, you were by this person's home last night. By it, you know. And i and, and so I've actually looked it up on GIS. It's it's over twelve hundred feet away where where I was at. Right. I mean, we're, we're, it's not like I was peering through this person's windows, you know. It's and I, I and of course the Star Press does, reports none of this. Um, it wasn't like I <laughs> I did something that I've done for the past. 15 years. You know, sure. It was, it was no big deal. Well, I'm so. going to pause you
2: right there because I want to make sure people understand exactly what you're saying is going on here. And I sometimes, I apologize to you listeners, but sometimes people can be a little thick. It's not like you went to let the dogs out and this woman called the police. Let's make sure that you understand. The the police were there because there was an eviction and you knew nothing of this. You were letting these dogs out. You show up and the police... The family was in
1: St. Louis. I remember where they were at. Right. (laughs) They were in St. Louis.
2: And so had this woman either, you know, and who knows what happened. Had she paid her bill, not paid her bill, whatever happened. Had they evicted her earlier or had you been there an hour before or an hour later, you would not have been arrested. But because the police were there doing an unrelated job while you were going to let the dog out, they stumbled upon you. And said, hey, "Who are you?" And found out that you had a protective order. That's why you're now being told that you're going to be arrested the next day because of this. It wasn't because you you keep saying you know you don't want people to think you were peering in her window. Not only were you not peering in her window, you stumbled onto the police by sheer by sheer accident. Had they been there at any other time, so it wasn't as sure. though she called the police. It wasn't like you were doing anything wrong. You were minding your own business, and just by dumb luck. Happened to stumble into, you know, what was going on
1: there. Yes, ab- 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 that's 100 percent correct. Okay, and, so, and um,
2: now the ne- now back to the next day.
1: The next day, so I, you know, I'm I'm in this meeting, and the, you know, the, this officer calls and um, says, "Well, we we're going to arrest you." And um, Jesus. <laughs> I said, "Well, no, you're not." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, I was wrong. They did. And, uh, you know, you know, I call my, um, attorney and, um, we arrange, um, a surrender that I, I will just, you know, surrender myself and, um, I do that. And so, um, yeah, so I do that. And the next day, um, um, you know, I, I, uh, take some FMLA time off work and I'm, I'm off work for several months and, um, you know, just trying to figure out what I'm doing and, uh, you know, going through a lot of counseling and, um, you know, really trying to figure out, you know, where I'm at in my life and, um, you know, trying to work things out with Melissa and, you know, we are going on vacation and, uh, you know, uh, I I I'll never forget. Uh, we we're driving home. We, we went camping and um, in Kentucky. Um, it was beautiful, beautiful uh, national park. And it's me and her and our daughter, and we have a great time. And we're driving home, and we're in uh, Rushville. We're right outside of Rushville, and um, there's a, a horrible wreck in, in front of us. Just we're two cars behind this wreck. And uh, we pull over and (laughs) dumb us. We brought three dogs with us. Uh, We brought a St. Bernard a standard poodle and a little Welsh (laughs) terrier with us. And then our daughter. Um, And so, you know, Melissa has a medical background. So Melissa runs out of the car. She's going to help this guy. Then, you know, it's taken a very long time. It's a very serious accident. And, um, we're in Rushville, you know, the, in Rush County. And uh, so an ambulance isn't getting there quickly. And um, so I decided to get out of the car. And um, I, I told Ruthie, who's, you know, eight, seven at the time, you know, just stay here with the dogs. The dogs will protect you. Like, everything's fine. And... Um, and, um, you know, Melissa's, you know, in in the passenger seat of this car, you know, trying to help this person, uh, you know, you know, holding, you know, basically keeping the guy from bleeding out. Um, and I just remember the guy saying, you know, I've done so much wrong in my life. It's, it's time for me to die. Like it's wow. okay for me to die. And so just the whole way home, I'm thinking like, you know, so have I, like, you know, like hey, that guy hadn't done any worse than me. Sure. And, um, I just have like you know, these horrible visions and horrible thoughts of just um me pulling my car off in the traffic and um you know, the only thing that's keeping me from not doing that is you know, my wife and daughter in the car. Um, so I yeah, so I'm pretty silent on the way home. And Melissa keeps asking what's wrong, what happened, what's wrong, what's happened? You know, obviously we just saw this horrendous accident. The guy, you know, did live and, Oh, good. um, um I have you know, uh, followed up on that, um, but um, you know, I just kept thinking, like this guy that 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 those were his words. You know, I, I've I've made so many mistakes. Like it's time for me to go. Like, and uh, that that just resonated with me. And right. um, I get home, and you know, I, I'm pretty much silent from Rushville to Muncie, and um, I say, yeah, hey, you know, I think I need I need I need I need help. Uh, I need some help right now. And, um, you know, Melissa, everybody just got home and, uh, my parents were out of town. And, uh, I said, you know, I, I don't want you to take me anywhere. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna call a friend and I'm gonna have them take me somewhere. Cause I mean, I'm, if, 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 uh, if I'm here, you know, I, you know, I, I just, I don't trust my decision making skills right now. And, sure. uh, Luckily, you know, we had a, I have a very good friend in uh, Sarah Beach, um, and she came and picked me up, and she took me to the hospital, um, and I was evaluated, and um, was going to be admitted. However, there were no beds, uh, and they were going to have to send me to Kokomo, and I, you know, I didn't want to do that. So, uh, for whatever reason, I didn't want to go to Kokomo, and so you know, th- things were fine. Um, and this is late May. Um, and so, you know, um, I see a psychologist. I, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm at least, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to kill myself. Right. So Sarah takes me home, go back to work, you know, try to act normal. Um, but you know, nothing is normal at this time. I mean, nothing is normal. Um, first Thursday in June, um, you know, I hadn't heard from this person that I had had uh, this relationship, um, you know, in, in many months. And first Thursday in June, I'm, I'm at Mad Jack's with my parents, and I get uh, a text from this person. And uh, it says, so. That's all the text says. Is yep. So. And it's <laughs> you know, like You know, one of those. Yep. And so, you know, I uh, sat on it for you know twenty minutes or so, or I text back and you know, so the texting conversation is going back and forth, and this this happens for several months, and so it keeps getting progressively more uh, I don't know what the word is, um, possessive of me. yep. And um, you know, I I just had enough, and um, you know, I it just there was just no way out, and well, so I. I don't mean to interrupt
2: ahead. you there, real quick. I just want to say one of the things that was very uh, intriguing to me when we were originally talking about this last summer was that you said that you felt trapped because while this is going on and the reason you said on it and you were you were so leery was because the protective order still in place
1: Sure, yeah, clever words are still in place. And I'm lying to Melissa this entire time. Sure, so so you're Uh, right. I'm not telling (laughs) Melissa that I'm texting this other woman.
2: And real quick, when you say other woman, obviously it's not your wife, but it's all the same woman that has been in the remainder of this story. It's the woman that was originally living with you. It's the woman that you and her both had protective order against each other it's the woman from the feeding the dog incident so it's all the same woman not separate women
1: oh yeah absolutely and uh, you know so what what can i do you know uh, did i have feelings for this woman absolutely uh, but uh, is this some is this where i wanted my life to be at that moment in time no way um so i uh you know, this continues and continues and continues. And right, and, and you felt um, trapped.
2: You felt helpless.
1: Oh uh, Yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay, and so take us through the day in October 2018.
1: Melissa was at a town or at a campaign event or something was going on that day. It was it was October. We, um, My daughter was doing a cheer clinic at, at the Ball State football game. Yep. And uh, this person was just boom, 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 just nonstop just texting me and finally I say if you don't stop texting me I'm going to kill myself
2: and i want to say here just briefly that folks will say well man that just doesn't sound reasonable or who says that as a result of that response that that just doesn't sound like something that i would do or that guy's crazy or this and and here's what you're trying to do you're trying to give rationale and trying to put reasonable thoughts into the mind of somebody who is at that time in need of help, who's not thinking rationally. And you can't try to apply reason to someone who is in that state. I mean, keep in mind here, folks, we've been laughing and we've had a good time, but we're talking about something really serious here. We're talking about suicide, which is... You know, very serious. We're talking about ending your life, ending a person's life. And people so often try to equate some kind of rational thinking with that and while we clearly know that that's not rational thinking, and that the whole way of looking at suicide, you have to understand, you have to look at it from their perspective. They're not thinking rationally, and they're not thinking clearly, and you shouldn't understand it. It shouldn't make sense, because it's not correct type of thinking. That's why it's important for folks that feel that way, And folks that aren't thinking properly, it's important for them to talk to someone who can help with that. And it's important to have doctors and hospitalization and and therapy and and medication because it's important to try and get that rationale back right side up.
1: Did I I mean that at the time? Probably not. Um, Did I think that that was a means to an end? Absolutely, and so she stops texting me. I don't think anything about else about it. You know, she stops, and I'm like, well, you know, the protective order is, you know, equal. You know, nothing's going to happen. She's not going to turn herself in for for this. Um. Well, <laughs> and I and this was on Snapchat, and so I would know that if someone had screenshot, because on Snapchat, if yep. you screenshot, it says screenshot. And so I'm so smart, you know. I know that she hasn't screenshot. Well, little did I know she was using her iPad and was taking screenshots of messages that were um, messages that were good for her, right? uh, But bad for me. Yeah. And um, she reported to the police that she was concerned. She uh, the the newspaper article that I read several months later because I couldn't read it. You know, at that time, because I was so upset, um, said that it was a, it was a, it was a Snapchat that she had forgotten she had, which was crap. You know, <laughs> right? Uh, obviously, we've, we've been talking about that same Snapchat since June, right? So I don't know how she forgot, uh, but anyway, um, so um, called the police. said I was going to kill myself, and she just wanted someone to check on me. Um, well, I was arrested for violating the the restraining order, the protective order, whatever you want to call it. Uh, which really, you know, what what a waste of of police time. I mean, I'm not going to hurt this person. Do I think she's going to hurt me? Probably not. Um, I mean, just 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 a uh, neither here nor there. But you know, it it was it was a bad breakup. I mean, that that's that's the bottom line I mean it was a bad breakup and um, you know it was a I was a political political hit and sure. um you know that's 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 what it was so anyway so I get arrested um for violating that that order uh, she was not and that's fine and I'm glad she wasn't and I and I truly wish her well uh she has wonderful children and uh you know, I, I truly do wish her well, uh, but um, I was arrested. Uh, I was put on a thirty-day suspension. Um, during that time, I, I spent some time um, in, in a mental hospital. Um, That's because the you know, after bath. That was it. Like that was, I was done. Um, actually, so that was a Saturday night. On that following Sunday, I was supposed to. I was so hyped. I was interviewing for this huge job um, on that Sunday huge 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 job uh, i was so excited about this job and uh, i uh withdrew my candidacy for this job and uh i could have worked from home i would have still helped animals uh, would have made you know, a lot more money i know who got the job now i totally would have gotten that job <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, and so uh, just spent a lot of time in the hospital, and uh, spent a lot of time in therapy. Uh, you know, and just really committed. You know, after that, I, I ended up resigning. I uh, had, had a great conversation with Mayor Tyler, and uh, decided it was best that I resigned. I, I didn't, didn't, did steal anything, didn't take anything. Uh, you know, that's 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 a common rumor people are more than welcome to look. I, I encourage them to look if they have questions or, or talk to me or talk to the state board of accounts or, you know, whomever. Um, there definitely was some pile on, um, you know, you know, the second time I was arrested, uh, you know, the, these people that I thought were my friends, um, I truly thought were my friends, sure. I, you know, that's the most hurtful part. Um, it was the worst time of my life, and, and uh, you know, at that time, all I needed was a hand. I just needed somebody to right. to say it's going to be okay, or, sure. hey, we'll work through this, or, hey, you've been good to me. Because, you know, I, I you, know, you can say I'm a jerk, or you can say I'm an, an asshole, or but I got things done, and, you know, I I, I definitely left the shelter better than I found it. I mean, right. I, I don't think anybody can argue with that, and, uh, you know, I... I <sighs> I have text messages from employees that um, you know ended up saying you know horrible things about me, horrible untruths about me. You know, the day before or that yes. day, even that it happened, that I still have to this day. Even you know, a critic. Um, you and I know that I've shared the text with you. That the the same day that you know I was arrested, telling her just a random text. That person telling me how much they love me. I, I've showed it to you.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, um, just, just out of the blue. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, all these, that's that, that's a really hurtful part. Uh, but, you know, like, I've been able to happen uh, new things and, um, you know, reignite some old passions and, um, you know, really, really focus in and hone in on, you know, my relationship with my, with my wife and, um, you know, my daughter and, you know, I have a, a, a new a son that's, that's beautiful and such a blessing. Um, and it, you know, um, and since then my, my parents have became, um, ill, uh, yeah. and, you know, my relationship with them is, is which was all, always good. Um, it's just became so much better. Um, so, you know, things turn up. I mean, you just have to, You just have to hang in there.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and that's important, and that's what I was going to say because from the time that you had your first issue of wanting to check out until you actually started therapy and really started looking at what was going on and taking medications, there was some time in between there, and so this is something that you have to work on, and it's your mental health. It's your health. There's nothing more important, so it takes time, and you have to be willing to give it that time.
1: Oh, yeah. I've gone through so many medications, and I've gone through four therapists. But I mean, you just got to keep going. That's the thing. And you got to so, keep going. The worst part is, you know, my parents have been pretty successful. Yes. And uh, so, um, you know, um, money wasn't that big of a big right. or, uh, an obstacle for, for me. To,
0: yeah, right. You uh, don't have to walk around that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, be, be, because because not because of me, because of my parents. Right. Um, but you know, they love me, and they're willing to you know, whatever it took. yeah, right. and um, so you know, I cycled through therapists like nothing, and right. I cycled through you know medication, like nothing. and uh, finally, I did some genetic testing uh, to to match you know what what medication you know would would best work for me. and uh, since I've done that, I mean, it's in a family right therapist, it's just been. Uh, night and day.
2: I've heard so many good things about that genetic testing for everything, honestly.
0: my Oh, it's amazing.
2: My aunt was on medication for mitral valve prolapse, a heart condition. And she was on this medication forever, 15 years or more, affects her. And it just really wasn't doing anything for her. And she went in and had that genetic testing... And as a result of the genetic testing, they told her that Effexor absolutely did not work with her and she should not be taking it. So they got her off of it and they got her on a medication that worked better with her. And it's been absolutely a miracle for
1: her. Genetic testing was a blessing. Something I should have done early on. I was lucky enough to find a therapist that recommended that. And, uh, you know, it, it just seems like once I had that done... Um, it just seems like everything became much more clear um, that I, that I became on the right medication um, for my body. Um, the, this, the saddest part is, is the um, financial commitment that that takes and that not everyone has that. And without yeah. my, without my, without my, without my parents, you know, I wouldn't have had that. And, um, you know, I, I totally, you know, that, that's a political, uh, problem, uh, in, in my mind, uh, because that, that our, our mental health system should be reformed because you shouldn't have to, it should, you know, you shouldn't have to have parents that are are well off or you shouldn't have to be well off or, uh, have friends that are well off to, to be able to access that type of information and we should want everyone to be healthy. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, whether Whether that's mentally or physically or, you know, what have you? But uh, right, you know, I I am a fortunate one that you know my, my parents were able to assist with that. Sure, um, but it, it is very expensive. Right,
2: and so basically, you're in a position now. Like you said, you've got you've got your your daughter is an amazing, beautiful, smart, wonderful little girl.
1: Uh, she is. You've I, got. I do not deserve her.
2: Love, yeah, absolutely. I I, I love I, I I love Ruthie, uh, and your your son is amazing. And you and uh,
0: he's getting there. Yeah,
2: you know, <laughs> yeah. You and uh, Mel are are doing good, and uh, you know you've got you've welcomed another individual that needed some help into your home, yeah. and you've done that, and you've got a that's a, a, a that's good sense. Absolutely, that's,
1: that's been a huge blessing. That's yeah. That's been
2: a, yeah. And you've got a good set of friends around you and it seems like, you know, things are sure. doing wonderful. And so I have to ask, could you have ever imagined this? Could you have ever imagined February 2020 way back when in February of
1: 2018? No way. Uh, no no way could I have seen it um, the way that it is now. I mean, I've right. I been mean, you know, I have great friends and, and you're included in that, Chris. I appreciate uh, that. No no doubt. Um, and, uh, just a wonderful family, uh, surrounding me. And, you know, I, I'm probably in a healthier place than I've been in. And, and it's been a, a long road. Uh, you know, two years doesn't sound like a lot, but it's been a hell of a, it's been a hell of a two, it's been a hell of a two years.
2: Absolutely.
1: Um, uh, you know, even besides the stuff with our marriage and, and with with uh, the other relationship, um, that that was important to me. That, and I don't want to downplay that because uh, you know if that person is listening, I don't want to make that sound like that was some insignificant point in my life. Sure, uh, it was absolutely significant. Uh, but uh, you know, past that, you know, with with some with the obvious mental health issues that I was going through and probably have been going through, not probably that I've, I've been going through my entire life uh, without diagnoses. Right. Uh, you know, and, and just a rundown of, of what happened. So, I resign November of 18. My son is born prematurely that December. My grandmother passes away in March of 19. My mother is diagnosed with terminal cancer in April of 19. My father, the following month, is diagnosed Jesus. with with uh, terminal cancer in uh, May of 19. Um, so I mean, it's just, just one hit after another. I mean, it was just, you know, it was almost like, God was punishing me, and
2: uh, well, that or letting hard you... stuff to
1: overcome. I mean, sure, hard hard stuff to overcome. So.
2: A- absolutely, that or letting you see that with the proper foundation and with the therapy and with the, the your new outlook on life that it's you know tests that. Everyone goes through one way or another, and that that it builds you to make you stronger, which I know kind of sucks and it's very cliche and you know i have I've lost a parent and and i i've I, I've right. known and met both your parents they're wonderful people, they look great, they seem like they're doing well um, yes. health wise it are. seems like they're doing well you know right now, which is a blessing, and they are they and are. They that's are. all good yeah, exactly. and and hopefully they're able to deal you know long, long into the future. But what's amazing is with all of the crap that you're facing right now, you know, is a lot. Any one of those things is a lot. Not to mention them all being compounded. What's really amazing is how well you're maintaining. I know some days are probably harder than others, but you are managing these really heavy, crazy, bullshit things that are happening to you and you're, you're doing well at that. And so that's that's a testament to you uh and how far you've come
1: yeah and I, and I think that you know that just that that perspective of uh you know i, I think so highly of both of my parents yeah and, and I thought so highly of my grandmother um that just just passed I think that she would write me notes just handwritten and we'll 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 end it after this but she would write me handwritten notes. And, uh, you know, I have all of those, what I was going through, you know, just these horrible times. And, you know, my name was on the front page of paper for, for bad reasons. Uh, you know, my grandmother would write me these handwritten notes and, uh, you know, I have all of those, and, you know, just like probably a book worth of notes honestly.
0: Right. Uh,
1: but, uh, and her death was somewhat, she was 90, but it was somewhat sudden. Sure. Uh, 92, I think she was. Wow. Uh, but she was, she was great health until but she wasn't, you know, right. uh, but, uh, so it was, it was somewhat sudden. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but I have all those notes, uh, and they're very pure and they're very truthful. And, uh, she didn't, she didn't, uh, she's an old farmer girl. She didn't pull any punches, Right. Uh, she let me know that she was disappointed, but uh, that she was she was there for me. And, sure. Uh, I uh, I have all those. And, uh, I read them frequently. Uh, I am having bad days. And like I said early on, February is a rough month for me. Um, that's kind of when it all uh, stuff you know well, stuff started going downhill way before. But right. when I began realizing, I, I think it was going down, that was in February. Uh, and uh, yeah, but 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 it does get better, and you know, it it uh, you can take some punches, and you just gotta get up and from those punches and understand what's real, and uh, understand what's important, and uh, keep moving forward, and, and don't be ashamed. I, I think that's one of the main things. Is there's such a stigma around uh, mental health and like like you mentioned earlier I, i've been really involved in, in our uh, theater locally here in the muslim city theater and that's been a, a huge bl i mean just get get involved in things that you're passionate about uh, rediscover yourself it's never too late to rediscover yourself and, and find new passions and uh, you know invest into your family and you know do things that are that are right. and,
2: Absolutely. Uh, Well, and part of the reason that we talked about doing this and that I thought that it was important for you to do this and important for people to hear is everybody has issues and mental health affects so many people. Many more people than will ever know it because they just don't get help. But then on top of that... People are human. You know, we're all humans. We all make mistakes. We're all capable of hurting someone else. We're all capable of doing something dumb, of having that criminal history in the past, of drinking alcohol and getting arrested for OWI, or doing something dumb, making a decision that you later regret in life. But it's the decision that we all make as a human society that we're not going to hold these people forever chained to that decision and we're going to give them the forgiveness that we're supposed to give as humans as we want given to us but then at the end of the day it truly doesn't matter what someone else thinks or feels about you it's How you're able to look at yourself and how you're able to forgive yourself and to love yourself and how you're able to interact with your family and your friends and those that truly care about you. And it's how you're able to conduct your life. You don't have to be chained to... A past bad action you are not defined by a mental illness and it doesn't have to be something that's hidden and kept in the dark it doesn't have to have such a stigma attached to it we can always rebound from mistakes and you are not held hostage by your history or by the past and tomorrow is always tomorrow. And I know that this sounds so hokey and I normally don't get this deep or or shallow or or whatever you want to call it. But it's the honest to God's truth, and we all need to understand it. And Phil, part of the reason I wanted you to come on and us to talk about this is because I feel like it almost is a release of sorts. It releases you from the chains that either you or others have put on you, and I'm not saying you as in you, Phil, but the folks that are hearing this, it's... Important for you to understand that you can own yourself. You can own your history and move out of it. And it's okay to be able to release that burden. And people need to understand that you don't have to be ashamed of where you are now because of something that you did yesterday or or definitely not, you know five years ago or ten years ago or, or two years ago or whatever. I mean, you know, it, it's always good and important to be cognizant of mistakes made, and I'm not trying to say that someone should shirk responsibility or, or whatnot, but, uh, you know, you don't have to be imprisoned by it.
1: Exactly. And, you know, this what, what, what I went through, you know, that's not – I don't think that's indicative of my character. No. Um, I think that if you know me and you truly know me um, – yeah. You know that's that's not who I am. It was a part of my life that that uh, that I truly don't regret. You know, honestly, I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I I I don't mind that it happened, and um, I'm better for it, and you know, I've grown for it. My family has grown for it. Um, and some of those things would not have not have happened had I not gone through all that. And uh, you know, one of my favorite poets is, um, Aeschylus. Um, I was a comm major and, uh, loved, loved classical rhetoric. And, uh, Aeschylus has a quote, um, you know, happiness is a choice that requires effort at times. (laughs) And that's, that's so true. And, um, you know, you don't know what that means until you until you have to live that. Yeah. And, uh,
2: Yeah. Well, I feel like that's a pretty good and happy and positive note to end on. And I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you coming on and taking some time to talk with me and talking with all of the listeners. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking with Mr. Philip Peckinpah, a friend of mine, and someone that I've been honored to have on, and that I would absolutely be honored to have on again in the future, and, and as much as he would like. Honestly, I would like to be able to have him on to talk about other things, like, for example politics from his point of view, and looking at some of the local, state, and national issues that we look at here. So I want to, again, say a big special thank you to Mr. Philip Paul for joining us today and taking the time to talk with us. I do want to throw in really quickly that you are all still all free to hate Phil if you like. <laughs> but, sure, hate But, but get the really message don't. behind what was said here because it is very powerful, very important, and can help save someone's life. Maybe your own. If you or someone you know is in need of help if they need to talk to somebody or you are feeling suicidal or you know someone that's suicidal, please call the suicidal hotline at 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. Thank you very much, Phil. Thanks, Chris. Well, that's all she wrote for this 80th episode of Perception Is Reality. Please remember to share this episode. This is a very important informational episode to get out to as many people as possible because there are people right today, right now, that need to hear this information. Things can get better, and they will get better. You have to keep on keeping on there are many ways you can help better your community through political and civic action through helping a friend a neighbor a family member anything you can do to brighten someone's life or their situation who may be in a dark place is always good until next time stay active stay involved be safe god bless and i'll look forward to talking to you again real soon
0: You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRbilbrey. Email KHbilbury at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765 546 9796. Till next time, remember perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbury, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.